Welcome to the First Principles of Medicine podcast. In this series, we will be breaking down complex medical topics into their first principles. When the stress is on and you've just been asked a tough question that you don't know the answer to, we feel you'll be able to fall back on these principles to formulate a decent answer and perhaps reason your way out of trouble. On today's episode of 1pm, Daniel is going to be talking to us about DKA. Take it away, Daniel. Good morning, good afternoon, everyone. How are you going? <laughs> I'm Daniel, and it's Lovely. myself, Jason, Adian, and JT, and we're going to be going through some hopefully high-yield conditions, so you can just, you know, listen along and hopefully get something from it. Today, we're going to be discussing diabetic ketoacidosis. Love it. So, guys, tell me, what do you know about DKA? It's uh, potentially life-threatening. Mm-hmm. Yep. Happens in diabetics. Yeah. Oh, wow. So profound, I'm JT. trying to break it Whoa. down. That's okay. Ketoacidosis, right? Yeah. So keto for ketones, yep. acid for acid, mm-hmm. osis in the blood. Does it happen in all diabetics? No. No. Okay. No. So no. what type uh, of diabetic? I believe type 1 diabetics mostly. Okay. Okay. Actually, I can't say. Nothing in medicine's ever set like that, right? But I assume it's mostly type 1. I assume you can get it in type 2, but not as common, right? Well... Let's talk about this. Mm. Okay. Does anyone know the pathogenesis behind it? I do not. I know a bit. Mm? Um, so it's Tell basically you know. when you've got very, very poorly controlled type 1 diabetes. Or maybe not. You know what, Dan? I actually don't know. You know I think. Continue. Can I give it a go? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So go. I think with type 1 diabetics, you don't have enough insulin, okay. which means that you can't get enough glucose into your cells or... You can't use enough glucose, and then, therefore, the body goes into the secondary drive for sugar using ketones, and then a byproduct of ketones is acid, and then that Mm. causes acidosis in your blood. Okay. There's a bit to it, but first, let's think about DKA. So, what does the patient have in DKA in terms of their bloods? So we do a blood test on them. We're looking mm, at their blood mm, sugar mm. levels, looking at the ketones. Okay, well, so what, so what, pH is low. Mm-hmm. Okay, is that, that, that's if we do an ABG. Okay, so let's uh, just start with the blood. We'll, we'll do so. like this. They've got hyperglycemia. Okay, we're talking too about much glucose. So they've got too much glucose. Yep. Okay. So if you've got hyperglycemia, what's going to happen? Where's that glucose going to go? So usually glucose is either taken up by <laughs> tissue mm-hmm. or it's urinated out mm-hmm. if it's very high. Yeah. But in general you want to retain glucose so it's usually not peed out unless it's very very high levels so okay yeah that's true but okay let's talk about type 1 diabetes then what is type 1 diabetes? we're not hitting his sorry my god reasoning no, uh, yeah. a bit slow, yeah. let's talk about type yes. 1 diabetes yep yep type yep. 1 diabetes is an absolute deficiency in insulin yep okay yep. your cells aren't taking it up there's no insulin yeah so in, in simpler terms you're not producing insulin type 1 diabetes. Yeah. Okay, that's why we give insulin replacement, the basal bolus regimen. And that's why it's insulin-dependent Yeah. diabetes, right? Yeah, versus type 2, where you've got a little bit of insulin mm. in the background, your cells are just becoming a bit more resistant to it. Yeah. Okay. DKA happens in type 1 diabetics, all right, because yep. you can go into periods where there's no insulin in the body mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. If there's no insulin in the body, the mm-hmm. cells, cells can still take up... in. Um, glucose normally but they need insulin if there's no insulin the cells won't take up glucose Mm -hmm. all right this is going to lead to hyperglycemia all right when you've got the hyperglycemia it's the glucose isn't going into the cells all right and so you're going to start urinating it peeing it out right right? you can have glucose urea 
glycosuria. When you've got more glucose in the urine, what's going to follow? Water. Water. All right. So it's osmotic diuresis. You're going to be getting rid of, you know, glucose and water. Pulling it all out. Yeah. All right. Do you you also, is this why you also get polydipsia? Yeah. So you would get polydipsia as well. Mm. All right. Why why are you getting polydipsia? Because you need to replace the water. What is polydipsia, JT? I don't know what poly means a lot. Dip. I don't know. Like drink or urge to to thirst. Thirsty. Thirst. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you get with this osmotic diuresis, you get polyuria polydipsia because you're dehydrated and you have this inability of your cells to use glucose for energy okay because you know you don't have any insulin so from this you switch on you start using your fatty acids you start breaking them down okay and you break them down into ketones okay i missed that step that's all right okay yeah because and that leads to ketonuria and ketonemia Mm -hmm. now you've already weed out all the excess water okay so your body can't keep weighing out all these ketones and they start accumulating Mm. All right, mm. and this leads to a metabolic acidosis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that is DKA. Sure. Does yep. that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I follow. Sense. Yep. Cool. So, thinking about that, what are some of the signs and symptoms of DKA that we really should be watching out for? Because this is a common presentation to ED. Okay. So, going on the first principles, obviously. So, if you peeing out a lot of sugar, sugar is drawing the water, so you're going to be peeing a lot. Mm-hmm. So, someone might complain of going to the bathroom very often. Polyuria. Yep. They might, as JT mentioned, because they're peeing a lot, they might feel very thirsty. So they might report drinking a lot of water as well, but still peeing a lot, lot, still feeling thirsty. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, they're dehydrated as well. So you'll go through, um, I think the renin-angiotensin, like RAS system, I think that can stimulate thirst as well when it gets to the ADH side of it. Um, Um, But now thinking specifically mm -hmm. that we're talking about type 1 diabetes Mm -hmm, here, mm -hmm. think about DKA. So mm-hmm. it's more okay. of an acute type the DKA. Okay. Um, so I think one of the things with the metabolic acidosis mm-hmm. is that you get a compen- compensatory mechanism. Yeah. Is that what we're looking for? No. So I'm looking for nausea or vomiting. Oh, okay. More right. acute things like that. But yeah, dry mouth is a good one. Thirst is a good one. Nausea, vomiting. Why does, it, why does it make you nauseous and make you want to vomit, Daniel? So... Cent- so you're going to have a metabolic acidosis, yep. okay? Centrally, this is going to be picked up and it stimulates nausea, and vom- nausea and vomiting through the D2 receptors. I don't know too much more. D2 dopamine? Dopamine, I think, do centrally. These, do these, because um, you're acidotic, mm-hmm. do these hydrogen ions cross the blood-brain barrier? Yeah, well, that's, is yeah, that, that's, that's how... That's yeah, why that's it's stimulating the, the nausea vomiting? Or you're not 100% sure right, okay. exactly how that works. Yeah because it's a relative acidosis because you've got an accumulation of ketones in your blood, which will cross the blood-brain barrier, actually. Yep. But The brain does use ketones. Right? Yeah, no, no, so it that is, will yeah. cross, but I'm not sure if that will... I don't I don't know exactly. Yeah. I was looking, but... That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Um, what signs could, we find, um, could the patient have? Actually, no, sorry, I forgot one important one. Let's go back to presentation. They will, could also present with shortness of breath. Yeah. Okay. Why is that? JT mentioned it before. I was going to say the compensatory respiratory yeah. um, hyperventilation yeah. to um, get CO2 out of ooh, to get CO2 out of the body. And then I think as a result, that raises up the blood pH yeah. to become less acidic. Yeah. So the hi- um, bicarbonate buffer system, you're just mm. working on that little equation. Yeah. Okay. So the hyperventilation. But yeah. then you said short of breath. And is that because of the hyperventilation? Yeah, they'll feel short yep. of breath. They're okay. trying to breathe it off yep. a bit more. Sure. Okay, so they're dehydrated. 
Okay, yeah. they've got hyperglycemia. Okay. This has led to a dehydration. So, Thinking about that, what are some of the clinical signs we might look for? Clinical signs of dehydration would be things like low blood pressure. Mm-hmm. So we're looking fluid, looking fluid, yeah, yeah. fluid assessment. So if you're hypovolemic, you've got probably low blood pressure. You've probably got tachycardia mm-hmm. to help compensate for that. Probably got things like dry mucous membrane. Yeah. And reduced JVP. Yes. Everyone, well. every physician's favorite sign. Um, what else? And oh, your skin, I assume. Skin turk. That's got to be the most useless sign. <laughs> okay, seriously. <laughs> Do you, like, how do you compare people's skin turgor? Like, what happens, if, what happens if they just don't moisturize, hey? Well, that's old. that's no, not the same no, thing, is it? No, it's not the same thing. No. Because the skin, it's like when you peel it, like you, when you pull it up. <laughs> peel the skin. When you, pull, when you pull it up and it doesn't bounce back immediately, that's that's the sign of reduced skin turgor. Anyway, in my opinion, it's a stupid sign. Not dry skin. <laughs> <laughs> not exact signs. Um, if you're s- talking about type 1 diabetic, they're usually not that old, right? So... Yeah, but they can be. They can go into decay at any time. Uh, yes, yeah. Mm. Um, I think what you were saying, Jason, was you're probably talking about the elderly who have reduced uh, skin. All turgor. I'm saying is that skin turg has never saved anyone's life. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's probably not the one thing that will point you towards. Mm. You know. Um, okay, but okay. So but the most yes. bang for your buck, the most important signs of dehydration, mm. in my opinion, would be low blood pressure, tachycardia. And a reduced JVP. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I feel the other ones are a bit more subjective. At what angle? Thirty. <laughs> so you, you need to have a. Uh, what are the things called? Measure the angles. What are they yeah. Rulers. <laughs> no, Compass ruler. protractor. Yeah, protractor. It's called protractor. Compass. Anyway, just whatever. Carry one of, one of those with you at all times. Mm. Okay, so are we missing anything? No, no, that's yeah. Fair enough. Most so of signs it, yeah. of dehydration. Yeah, looking for tachycardia, hypertension, reduced skin turgor, dry mucous membranes, reduced urine output. They might mm. have altered consciousness and um, Cosmal's breathing. Tell us about Cosmal's breathing. Wait, is this Cosmal's deep breaths? Mm. Deep, rapid yeah. breaths? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Breaths. So those deep, rapid breaths are because of the... They're trying to... The metabolic acidosis. Yeah, the They're trying to breathe yeah. off... So that's from the hyperventilation. So as as opposed to sometimes you hyperventilate with short, shallow breaths, but rapid, short, Mm. shallow breaths, right? Mm. So this one will be deep, rapid breaths. Yeah, okay. okay. Cool. Cool. All right. We're going a bit off topic here. So let's bring it back, okay? Bring it back. We have a patient. We think they have DKA. We've got to make sure that they've got DKA. How do we confirm it? Do a finger prick, blood glucose, check their ketones. Yep. How do we check the ketones? I actually haven't done that, but I assume ABG. Yeah, well, I think it's either blood urine for ketones, either oh, a urine Okay, stick, right, yeah, you can do the urinalysis. Stick, yeah. Yeah. urinalysis. So ketones more than three, um, three in okay. the blood, yep, okay, okay, or positive, positive, positive on urinalysis. Um, and then we do an ABG. Right, mm-hmm. okay. Okay. Tell me about interpreting an ABG. Jesus. So do you, Wait, wait, do you do a VBG first and then an ABG? Or do you jump to an ABG if you suspect DKA? I thought you just go straight for an ABG. If you're DKA, you need... Because you're looking at arterial blood, not venous blood. Okay. Because yeah. venous blood will... The values for venous blood are different mm-hmm. to arterial blood. Yeah. So you need an arterial sample. Okay. Okay. So yeah. actually, Adrian, mm. start us off. How do we know that? So what's the first step in interpreting an ABG, to my understanding? Anyway? Uh, you make sure that the sample belongs to the correct patient... <laughs> Assessment of data. Smart ass. <laughs> well, I'm not wrong. Nah, You're yeah. not wrong. No, nah, no, nah, fair, fair. Um, but you've stuck the needle in them. Yeah, you know what's I've then. stuck the needle in them. I've taken the sample to the <laughs> machine. Um, 
would going you, to first principles. Would you? Yep. So you're looking at arterial blood. You look at the blood oxygen. Yes. Potentially. Yeah. yeah. And what are you looking for there? So you're looking for a partial pressure of oxygen of 100 millimeters of mercury. Well, 90. 90, 90, 90 100. Or 94 to 100. Yep. Okay. What if it's down in like 46? So it's down in the 46. That could mean most yeah. likely you're in a vein. Yeah. So looking at the yeah. PO2. Oh, really? Yeah. Sample, yeah. Looking at the PO2, if it's too low, you're probably, it's probably yeah. a VBG, not an ABG. Right, okay. okay. If it's, nine, it's 94 to 100, mm. great, we're probably an ABG. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do we look at next? Um, the other gas? You look at the pH? Yep. pH. Oh, okay. Okay. So pH less than 3.5. That's pretty acidic. 3.5? That's pretty acidic. 7.35, shit. <laughs> That's pretty acidic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ooh, they're dead. <laughs> yep. So what is the normal range? I think it's 7.35 to 7.45. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Really narrow range, right? Yes, yeah. very narrow range. Mm. Yeah, so in in this case with DKA, you would have a pH less than 7.35. Yep. Yep. Okay. okay. Then what do we look at? The other gas. Yeah, the other gas. Yes. <laughs> okay, so we're looking at the... PCO2, yep. and then we look at the bicarbonate. Okay, mm-hmm. what, what would we expect to see? So we're looking at a metabolic acidosis with respir- respiratory compensation. What is that picture? Low CO2? Lower than the range? Yeah. yeah because you're breathing it out. Yeah. I don't know what the range is. Yeah. Yeah. And then you might be trying to retain bicarbonate. Because mm-hmm. yeah, okay, so with hyperventilation, you're blowing off CO2. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. great. So to summarize, if we... If, if Jason over there, secretly diabetic, hasn't told anybody, doesn't have his insulin at hand, goes into DKA, JT pulls out a, a, a needle, sticks it in his radial artery and draws an arterial sample, looks at the gas interpretation, he will see a high PO2 between 94 and 100 millimeters of mercury. Mm. That should be normal. But his pH mm-hmm. might be lower, yep. so less than 7.35. His carbon dioxide might be lower. PCO2 should be lower as well. Because of hyperventilation. And bicarbonate would be higher. Higher to compensate for the... Great. Mm. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. So apparently, though, the severity of the ketosis or the DKA is kind of linked to the bicarbonate levels. If you've got a very low bicarbonate levels, it probably means you've got a very severe DKA. Yes. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Want to explain why, Jason? Because bicarbonate is a base. Yes. And bases neutralize acids. Yes. So less bicarb probably means you have less ability to neutralize the acidosis. And if you've got less bicarb, why could that be? Either you've used too much in the bicarbonate equation, so you've breathed it all off as CO2, or you're not absorbing enough from the kidney from the urine. You know, you can't reabsorb. Oh, I have no idea. Where that do you get them? Where do you get yeah. bicarbonate from normally? Mm-hmm. But you you can normally, I think, reabsorb it in the urine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I'm not going to go into the anion. No, you stuff, don't need to. Because I don't think need to that's do that. where we understand this is, it. This yeah. is I think that would be a large anion gap, which yeah. a high anion gap actually, which is what uh, DKA is. It's a high anion gap. Yeah, just to plug something, this is not. Um, there's a very good website <laughs> for interpreting ABGs. It's called ABG Ninja. Oh. Basically, they just present a bunch of <laughs> just ABGs. ABGs. Yep, and there's ECGs as well. Oh, you okay. just present a bunch of ABGs and you read through it and you work out how to read an ABG. An, um, an ABG. It's very good. This podcast is not sponsored by ABG Ninja, but Rick would recommend. Okay. okay. All right. 
you think they've got, they've got a metabolic acidosis, you think they've got DKA, what are some of the things that can precipitate DKA? Hmm. So I think the most common thing, just based off humans and the ability to forget things, mm-hmm. would be to forget to take your insulin. Yeah, that is one of the most common. Because yep. yep. people are idiots, including me, including you. So the second most common cause is infection. Why would infection cause this? Because when, you're, when you've got an acute infection, what hormones do you mm. get released? Um, cortisol. Yes. yes. And what is the main function of cortisol? Well, cortisol is a stress hormone. helps you deal with stressful situations. Okay. But one thing it does is raises blood sugar. Yeah, so raises blood sugar is effective. Cortisol. Okay. What's the other one? When you stress, man, what, what's pumping through you? Adrenaline. Adrenaline. And what, what effect does adrenaline have on your blood sugar? Decreases. Increases. Yeah, I don't know. Increases. A fun oh, oh, sorry. It brings out it brings out from your stores, so that the, I guess when you're fight or fight or flight, then you need the sugar to yeah, metabolize to, to, to access. Pro tip, I remember from a lecture, was that basically insulin is the only hormone that drops. which reduces your blood sugar. Yeah. Everything kind of else increases it, so mm. that's an easy way of kind of remembering. That's why insulin's so important. Mm. Okay, but okay, yeah, cortisol so and adrenaline. So, what the, are those the two main hormones? Yeah, so glucagon as well, but that's another stress thing. So the stress, re- so the stress response will bring out these hormones. Okay, yep. they're going to increase your blood sugar, and as we discussed before, back to first principles, mm-hmm. that means you're going to wee out more glucose. Mm-hmm. You're going to be more dehydrated. Okay, um, and you're going to increase your production of ketone bodies mm-hmm. through the beta oxidation of fatty acids, and eventually, you'll get into a DKA state. So yeah, so physiologic stress, infection, I think well, apparently an acute MI can do it as well. Things like that. Mm. Okay. I think there's a bunch of eyes. Ah. So five eyes. But in right. general, just think of anything yeah. which makes you unwell. Like sure. So infection, infarction, infants, so if you've got a fetus, that's <laughs> oh, yeah, a lot of stress. Yeah, yeah, big yeah. tumor. Yeah. Wait, wait, having <laughs> having the having the baby or having a kid? having a baby inside when within pregnant, you so like so preg- pregnant pregnant woman yeah yeah okay just so talking to JT on a on a infrequent basis would make you stressed <laughs> <laughs> so another one of the eyes is insulin deficiency so, so I'm just wondering can you if someone regularly takes their insulin but they have a really ridiculous amount of like sugar mm-hmm. sugary meal can that not lead to DKA well that will lead to hyperglycemia but the fact that they have their insulin in the system means they're still getting glucose into the cells, means they won't produce ketone bodies. What if your insulin becomes depleted? That could lead to, yeah. So you, you've got to think of your insulin at relative levels, right? So when you've got absolute insulin deficiency, okay, so you've got zero, let's say your numbers go from zero to one, a zero to 100, okay? If you've got zero insulin, that leads to lipolysis and ketosis but let's say in a type 2 diabetic they've got like 10 10 insulin or something that prevents the lipolysis and ketosis from occurring do you know what i mean even though they don't have the right amount of insulin just that little bit of insulin i think prevents the acid won't that deplete over time though your amount of insulin in your blood 
Yeah. But as long as you've got a little bit, you won't go into yes. DKA. So that's oh. why type 2 diabetics don't go into diabetic Because usually, even, oh, though they're, okay. even though you can get insulin-dependent type 2 diabetes, usually they may have like some insulin, but mm. it could be like 5 or 10. Right. So that's why you're emphasizing the absolute insulin yes. deficiency. Yeah. I see now. Okay. Right. Absolute okay, insulin Okay. Let's emphasize that again. Cool. Double absolute. So back to the causes. Yeah. So if infection can cause DKA. Yeah. How would you screen for it? So, you uh, if you're doing a urinalysis for mm. their urinary symptoms, you mm. might just t- you might be able to see the presence of bacteria. Yeah. So Nitrites, you're looking for a UTI. You're for UTI. Yeah. 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 Anything else? Um, just normal bloods and um, and then you check their white blood cell count, yeah, their CRP, ESR. Um, Any um, like sort of clinical symptoms or signs of infection, like high temperature. Great. You know sort of coughing, sneezing, running nose. Yeah. With the infection as well, maybe a chest x-ray. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have a mm-hmm. pneumonia. Mm-hmm. Okay. Something along those lines. Maybe mm-hmm. they've got another illness like an acute exacerbation of COPD or aspiration pneumonia or something. Mm-hmm. If they've had an MI, what would you do to try and look for that? Say they had chest pain beforehand. What, what are you going to do? The ECG. bedside test, ECG. Yeah. ECG, yeah. 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 Good. Okay. Now let's go on to management. How do you manage someone with DKA? What is the most important? Mm. What is your... If you only can choose one thing, JT. It's got to be the insulin, right? Yes. No? I wouldn't think so. It is. Bring you back to fit in a dehydration. Yeah. Hydrate them. Yeah, but You'll dilute insulin. everything. That's a man. In the short term, though, in the immediate term. If you Either if you believe it's, it's insulin, my friend. Okay. Okay, hang on. If you had to choose one... Th- Actually, no, we'll Wait, discuss this after the, we go the, through yep. everything. So okay. I'll give things okay. away. We'll, we'll table this. Okay. We'll come back to this. How do you manage someone with DKA? Rehydrate them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Uh, because you told me earlier they are dehydrated yeah. and they're pissing a lot of piss. So you've got to get their water status back. Great. So would, you've, you, would you also, as part of the rehydrating, would you then dilute the acid? Yeah. So you reduce the severity of the acidosis? You know... I'm not saying saline doesn't help, guys. Just saying, you give them insulin. <laughs> but you would also um, allow them to wee out more of mm. the ketones. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, yes, you do want to give them insulin, but should you check for something else before you give them insulin? They're not allergic? I don't know. Um, okay, say someone comes in with hyperkalemia. What do you do? How can you reduce someone's blood potassium? Oh my god! Insulin, insulin um, transports potassium into the cells. Yes, so yeah. it can so cause hypokalemia. So you need to check that their potassium levels are all yeah. right before, before you, you give them, them insulin. insulin. You check that their potassium um, levels are not too low, and you probably give them some potassium. Mm. Then you give them insulin. I see. So, question is, if if they were normal kalemic, and they were dehydrated, which one would be more immediate for their you always just, you start pumping them full of... Uh, sorry, I spoke to a resi about this the other day. Mm. Apparently, you pump them full of fluid. You're probably probably on the second bag. You're going to give them some potassium anyway, even if they are normal kalemic. And Why is you that? And give them insulin because you are going to reduce the, their potassium. Yeah. yeah. Oh, just by your output? Mm. No, no, no. Because it, so it, insulin helps or drives potassium into cells. So you're going to reduce the blood potassium. Sorry, but which ones more acutely can fix them up? It's, it's, a com- it's a com- you don't think is you don't do these in isolation. Yeah, okay, as in sure. You do them together. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. I I think okay. 
I think it's hard to think of them. Maybe my question to you of just skipping one is probably wrong, but I think mm. you have to do all of these things in conjunction. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. So, do we and finally, what's the final thing you want to do? We're treating right. this patient holistically. Love right. it. Let's say I, I would put this first, actually. But yeah. yeah, but let's say no, they're they're dying. <laughs> yeah. You want to stop yeah, them yeah, from going yeah. into a coma Perfect. and dying. So we've we've treated them. You yeah. Know? Now we're going to treat them holistically. Yes. Let's say, for instance, our patient has done this because they missed an insulin yes. dose or something. All right. Yes. What do we want to do? The final step. Patient education. Mm. I should have said multiple final steps. Yeah. Patient education. Patient, okay. Yes. Maybe you know get a diabetes educator Diabetes involved. educator. Yeah. Okay. Maybe change around their. I don't know, medication regimen. Yep. All right, this Maybe, is beyond yeah. me at the moment. And outpatient follow-up with the GP. Yeah. All right, we're in the hospital in this setting, so yes. we want them to be followed up in the community to try and stop this from happening again. Love it. Fantastic. I actually met a type 1 diabetic um, over over dinner once, and then he had one of those patches on his arm, mm. and every now and then he would just, uh, over the day, not over dinner, but he would do it, do it, and yeah. then he would check his blood glucose, and I was like, oh, like the app yeah, on his phone? Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. He could, and, and then he was like, yeah. oh, I can... um." I can align this with periods that I feel stress over mm. time. And I guess it makes sense now because you're talking about the stress, the mm. adrenaline, cortisol can potentially increase his blood glucose. Mm. Oh, another sign. Isn't, don't you get like this fruity smell? Oh, um, the, yeah, the acetone breath. Yeah, that's a that's clinical really sign, right? Is that is that common or? Ketones. Well, but there'll probably be more. Um, if you actually, if you didn't eat for a few days, you'd get that smell. Because your body is processing ketones. So you'd actually get that smell. Oh, yeah. I wonder if Serena had that smell. I actually she, don't remember it now. She fast for a few days? No, she went She went on a ketone. No, oh, didn't you go on a ketone diet, Dan? For like a while? Oh, years you ago. You go keto, yeah. yeah. Mm. She went keto, but yeah. well, I don't remember smelling it. But did you remember having a funny mm, breath? No, uh, but I'm smelling my own breath. Anyway, <laughs> let, let, let's let's summarize <laughs> for today. Okay. Did me ever complain? So, we've talked about DKA, yeah. diabetic ketoacidosis. Yeah. Yep. All right. It's caused by... Absolute insulin deficiency, bitch. Well, yeah. And? <laughs> and and high, high glucose in the blood. Yeah, high glucose in the blood. Okay, high cool. ketones. High ketones, oh, causing yeah. the osmotic diuresis and high ketones because you've got activation of um, oxidation of fatty acids. Beta oxidation. Yep. Cool. Okay. So you'll have someone presenting. You'll do an ABG on them. They'll have a low pH, so less than 7.35. If you calculate the anion gap, they'll have a high anion gap metabolic acidosis. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they'll have hypoglycemia. Okay. Most of the time. Mm -hmm. In the history, they may have had nausea, vomiting. All right. They yep. may have had abdominal pain, dry mouth. Okay. They may, if they, if it's quite bad, they may be have a coma. Yep. Okay. You do a volume assessment, you know, you assess and make sure there's no infection, okay, because that can precipitate this, you know, do a GCS, see if they have you know, work of breathing. Investigations, as I said, ABG, you'll be looking at their electrolytes, looking at the potassium and all of that. Mm -hmm. You'll be looking urinalysis, looking for ketones, mm -hmm. pregnancy test if it's a young lady, mm -hmm. um, and yeah, just normal things, FBC, ECG, chest x-ray, mm -hmm. okay? Just wondering, in terms of the anion gap mm -hmm. as information you need to know, can you, for example, if you just look at their pH plus their CO2 level plus their bicarb level, is that sort of enough to tell you about their acid balance state or do you need to look at the anion gap? Well, hang on. I, will, I mean, it'll tell you if they 
that have, they are in a, they have an acidosis yeah, yeah, or yeah. A, an alkalosis yeah. or something like that. But I think for the anion gap, you actually need the concentrations of the ions. No, but I mean, what information does the anion gap give you that the other ones don't? So you can have a high anion gap, like metabolic acidosis, yep. and you can have a normal anion gap metabolic acidosis. Right, so okay. it narrows down the causes. Right, okay, I see. Yeah, so I, I see. think that's the function. So that, that. so that points to what's causing your metabolic yeah. acidosis. Okay. Yeah. So if it's a, a DKA, high anion high gap, gap metabolic gotcha. acidosis. Yeah. Other yeah. causes could be, um, I think, alcoholism or well, alcohol intake can precipitate it, lactic acidosis, renal failure, things like that. So no, and that's yeah. narrow. That's that's no. high anion gap. Oh, metabolic well, do acidosis. you know what a normal anion gap metabolic acidosis might be? I think adrenal insufficiency can do it. Okay, um, okay whatever. No, I think it's just it's just important yep. because, like, say for mm. example, if you get asked on the wards, like, you know, can you tell this patient is so and so? You can tell what are some possible causes, and if you know certain causes are you know, lead to a high anion gap, mm. it could be, oh, it, maybe mm. it's one of mm. these three. Mm. Whereas yeah. a normal anion gap, it could be, oh, maybe one of these three. And so it just yeah. puts you in a better position. Yeah. That's right. Um, gold mark is a mnemonic for the high anion gap <sighs> metabolic acidosis. Another mnemonic? Yep. Look it up. Not now. Cool. Okay. And then in the emergency setting, you do your A to E. Okay. Pop mm. in a couple of wide bore cannulas, fluid resuscitation. Okay. Checking the potassium levels, giving them insulin and potassium. And then if their blood glucose levels drop below 15, then you can give them the, the dextrose. Mm-hmm. Okay. And follow up with the GP patient 15. education. Isn't yeah. 15 quite high? 15, yeah, I would think so. I, I don't know the... For diabetics, are you right? Yeah. Yeah. I think they want... I, I think thought most people want to keep it between 8 to 10. I think diabetics, they don't 10. want you to go too low because then you risk um, you know, too much insulin, like lo- too low blood sugar. When you do insulin? Yeah, when you use insulin, yeah. What the heck? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. We're done for today. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> that was good. Lovely. Thank, Thank you. Lovely. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. On behalf of myself, Jason, Jamie, and Adian, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that and got something from it. Um, have a good evening or day, afternoon. Bye. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Absolute insulin deficiency, bitch. Thanks for listening, guys. If you liked this episode, feel free to check out the rest of our episodes available on Spotify. Leave us a review and a like. And don't forget to check out all the other resources, including Anki decks of each of the conditions we talk about on the podcast, available on the 1pm Notion website. Thank you.